welcome back to Just Know Though podcast. We are doing our faith series called Inspirations and Intentions, where we just talk about our walks with God and kind of just set some good intentions for 2022. And today, our inspirational guest is Ashish. Yeah, you got but it. we're going to call him Ash this episode. <laughs> really talented and American writer, director, actor, born and raised in upstate New York, and has a really impressive resume. He has been on Big Little Lies, 13 Reasons Why. He has done short films, talented and passionate about script writing and f- filmmaking. That was a very short snippet of everything that you've accomplished So, Ash, do you want to share with the audience today about your craft and your 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 talent? My name is Ashish Williams, but I go by Ash for short. And I really, really enjoy writing. I actually wrote and uh, produced my own hip hop music for about, say, twelve to fifteen years under the independent hip hop genre. So you're also a musician. I really enjoy. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I did it. I did it way before I started doing film. That's dope. Okay, sorry. No, it's all right. I just have a love for writing in general and storytelling. I think that ultimately I realized that within hip hop, you hit a certain point to where you can only do so much. I really do thank God for the gift of being able to write and create. So I always did like movies and I actually wanted to be an actor before I ever even started writing my own music. I just made the transition and I went for it. I took a shot for it. It happened when I was at Warner Brothers Studios, and they called me out of the audience to be on an impromptu episode of Friends, like a remake episode. So it like rekindled that dream that I always had of being an actor. What? Yeah, I was just, we were on the set of Friends, of a re, the actual set that they use. We had to do a, like a remake of an episode within three minutes. They just had the teleprompter there, and they had you sitting in the chair, and they just they do that it's like an experience they give the guests that attend there so yeah and i was just sitting there completely and totally lost but i had the time of my life and that sparked your next uh phase in your career it was like that rekindling of a passion that i had that i did of a dream that i didn't realize i forgot about pretty much it was a dream that at one point in my life i must have just said okay that's not gonna happen i'm not in hollywood i don't know anyone so but then it's like I would say it's a divine blessing from God. He's like, nah, I remember that dream that you talked to me about. Yeah. That you prayed about all those years. Oh my gosh, amazing. I got chills. Yeah, I mean, from there, yeah. it was just like a full head of steam going forward with it. I was like, I went to, started going to acting classes immediately. As soon as I got back from that experience, I told my wife, I said, I'm going to, I'm just going to start acting. I don't know how. So I just enrolled into the local college here, Hartnell, which I got into a great acting one class, which is people from all different walks of life. And we're all just up there trying to do our acting and our monologues. We're all looking goofy and we're weird and we're all together and we love each other. So (laughs) it was a great experience. And it just solidified the fact that this is what I, this is what I've been meant to be doing. Wow. Okay. Uh, First of all, you didn't write any of that down in your preform. I love that you shared that whole story of that divine blessing that God is reminding you not to settle. I didn't want to overwhelm you with on on the form. <laughs> I wanted to save something for your show. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so cool. You know what's really dope about that is you talk about acting is like you have to be uncomfortable. You have to be able to be vulnerable and mess up and try again and do it over and over and over. Do you, and I know you say that um, it's been full steam ahead and there's, but I'm also curious about like the journey you've had and how maybe God has played a part in all of that. I know every experience is unique, but whatever comes to your mind. Yeah, I would say that starting off growing up in upstate New York, which is a, a place called Batavia, that's my hometown, right between the middle of two bigger cities, Rochester and Buffalo. When I grew up, I had like your basic dreams or intentions or wants and desires for life until I got to a certain age. And then I started to realize that I'm, I'm different. I don't follow the same path. I'm not into the same things. I got, I got a little bit older and I wasn't even a person that wanted to go to the clubs. 
I had no interest in going to the clubs. I'm very much an introvert, <laughs> despite, you know, loving to be on set and, and, and work in filmmaking and work in the acting world. Other than that, I do not like to just be outside with no agenda. So, yeah, growing up over there in Batavia, New York, it's a smaller town. There's not a whole lot of things to do. So you start to just figure out what you can do by creating things or you start to express yourself through creation. Once I heard hip hop music, I mean, you know, growing up in New York, you hear it all the time, right? But there was a certain part where of life, that genre of music started to speak to me because it was telling my story. I mean, I also like rock. I, I like all kinds of different types of music, but hip hop was just a way that I was able to start telling my story. And it seemed like there was a place and there was a lane for everybody. And unlike now, now it seems it's more so like it's a one lane. Don't even get me started. <laughs> yeah, unlike now. Now it just seems like, you know what, if you don't look like this and yep. you're not this age and you don't sound like that, we are giving you no push. But mm -hmm. when, when I was around 14, 15, 16 years old, hip hop was the language of the people. And you were able to tell any story that you wanted. And you just had to be dope. You just had to have good wordplay, a good delivery, and you just had to have a creative concept and people would listen to you. Nowadays, they're just going to probably call you a dictionary rapper. You want to be you want to be Eminem or Kendrick Lamar or something like who is the greatest rapper of all time, in my opinion, by the way. Shout out to Eminem. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree with that one. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for me, that's how I started writing, right? I started making my own songs and my own music, and I started expressing myself. It was whether it was anger or if it was depression or anxiety, whatever I was feeling, that's the type of song I would write. You know, a lot of my earlier stuff is very, very dark, morbid, and hopeless. My newer stuff, <laughs> when I started rapping, check this out. It was still dark and morbid, but it had hope in it. And it was still dark and morbid at times because that was just me dealing with my own existence. And I guess, you know, nowadays they would call it, you're now addressing your childhood trauma or you were dealing with your childhood trauma. And I actually never realized that I was so traumatized until I got older. I don't think anyone does until they get older. Like until you hit adulthood, it's kind of, I think I might have a conversation with Cheyenne where I didn't realize the things that I went through until I was going through it. And I didn't realize that the way I was acting was be a product of what I had experienced. And I thought it was like, you never talk about these things with your friends and stuff like that. So you think it's normal or it's like, I'm still alive, so I'm fine. You know what I mean? It's like, I survived. I, I you know, I have a job. It's okay. You, it kind of takes away from all of that. And so I know it. I get it. I think I was also in the same boat and I don't think you're alone in thinking that you don't know the trauma that you've been in, especially if it's not maybe, you know, something super traumatic, like, I don't know, witnessing a murder or, you know, something that's really like, it, it just hits you and you experience so many different emotions at once versus maybe a gradual experience. I would say that, um, I agree with that, and I would say that another form of trauma would be like the things that we uh, we call survival mechanisms now. You develop those from being traumatized mm -hmm. and from living in a constant state of trauma for so long. Looking over your like <laughs> looking over your shoulder a lot when you walk down the street, or that whole thing now where people is like, "Ain't nobody got me but me. I'm gonna make sure that I'm good no matter what." That's a form. That's a trauma response. Mm. I've learned this. Yeah. This is Keep not going. for me Keep now. Going. I'm not that educated. I'm not that <laughs> educated. A lot of psychology yeah, yeah. stuff. But I actually have been in therapy for about a good two years. I think it's one of the best decisions I ever made in my adult life. By God's grace, I was led to a therapist that uh, does understand me, that does share my same faith. He is a, he's a Christian therapist. Oh, dope. Yeah, we dope. sit down and we talk for a good uh, hour every time we have a session. A lot comes out. I think their job is just to help you make sense of everything that you already know is going on. No, you said so many things that I made me think about how you had mentioned that you, you know, you grow up and you have these, these like desires that maybe everyone else has, right? Family, kids, you know, but you, you wanted to have more creative thinking and express yourself differently. And then you were determined, like walking in a different purpose than everybody else yeah i think ultimately what happened then is that i didn't even realize that the reason why i felt so different was because that i was created to not fit in 
So that's why I couldn't fit in at a younger age. That's why I couldn't get the group of friends that everybody desires around that age, the popular kids. And I wrote a song. I remixed the song Airplanes by B.O.B. and Haley Williams. It's on SoundCloud to this day. I remixed that song where I talk a lot about how I was never popular in school. I never thought that that song recorded on my little like $75 microphone and I left Haley Williams vocals on it for the chorus because I love Paramore. It got like over like I think like 100,000 something plays just because people seem to be able to relate to that song in general. And that's what I was just talking about. Just the fact that I've always been a dreamer, but I don't check all the boxes or I did not check all the boxes. The popular cool guy growing up. It's just been an experience of my life to where God doesn't allow me to fit in because it seems like I'm meant for something different. And it just follows me through my whole life. <laughs> the best way I can put it. Day, if that was, that could just be the whole episode right now. <laughs> we can end on that note. No, but that was beautiful. So cool. Yeah, no, let's go deeper into that about you knowing that God has a deeper message for you, a deeper purpose, you know. So do you mm -hmm. want to kind of describe your background and upbringing, spiritual, religious, or wherever you want to start your, your walk with God? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So I know I talked to you before, like, I'm trying to just, you know, make sure I check all my, my boxes here, because I know I talked to you before about the music that I was doing. Well, that was in response to the environment that I was living and I was going. Fortunately, when we get brought up by our parents, our parents don't get to choose their parents. When we get these generational cycles, sometimes it's these generational curses that get passed down to us. And we have to do our best to try to live through those situations. Growing up in a household where it was not uncommon to have drug and alcohol abuse, once again, these are the things that were passed down my to my family. I, I don't blame my parents. As a matter of fact, to this day, I always try to honor them and thank them for doing the best job that they possibly could do. But I do also don't deny the fact there was some issues with some drug and alcohol abuse and violence as well. You get raised around all those things and you have just been given a perfect recipe for childhood trauma. I would say that with all that going on though, you know what, my dad, with all the demons that he was fighting, he always still had this enough of a, of a sense to take us and drop us off at this church, this little church on the hill, me and my sister. And it was a little Pentecostal church. My grandma would be there banging on her tambourine. And it was every Sunday from nine o'clock in the morning until four o'clock in the afternoon. And then they would always talk about Jesus coming back. And I say, well, are we waiting for him? Like, do we ever get to go home? So from nine o'clock. Wait, real quick. So how old were you when you said that? <laughs> Because I'm very curious. I think I have that thought to myself, but you know, I'm very curious on when you thought that. I think me around 12 years old. I'd okay, be, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'd be around like 12 years old. You know what I mean? I was just like, uh -huh. man, are, are we waiting for him to come back? Like here? Like right now? Because yeah. <laughs> nine o'clock in the morning, that's all your, your basic Sunday school. Then you get into mm -hmm. service at noon, and then it's time to go around three or four. But then you have people talking about, take your time, Pastor. And you're just sitting there like, no, don't take your time. Please do not take us out. <laughs> like this is enough. We heard the whole Bible in one in one service. Like that's wild. Yeah. Having that 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 experience at a young enough, at a younger age, there's a part. I'm gonna go there with the Bible real quick. Hopefully that's that's all right, right? Oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> all right, yeah. I'm I love go scripture. With, yes. Oh yeah, there's a part that says that train a child up in the right way, and when they get older, it will not depart from them. I didn't really understand that until I was about 19 years old after I had walked away from everything. I was like, I had walked away from the church, the way that I was up, that I was brought up. I was out on the street doing what I wanted to do. I was very much involved in alcoholism. I was an, al I was an alcoholic. I was involved in drugs. I was out there trying to sell anything that would make me money and work with and work for whatever, you know, person was going to employ me so I could get the nice clothes and I could have the video games and, all those other types of things, you know, when I, this is when I got older, I wanted what I wanted out of life and I was willing to do the devil's work to get it. It happens with all that happens, but all that comes with a price. So I was out there doing what I was doing. I was getting involved in all kinds of trouble. I got arrested. I actually didn't do the thing that I got arrested for, but I was arrested in the middle of main street. Uh, I had a cop, unfortunately, this ain't funny, but this is the best way I can remember it. I had a cop tell me, cause I asked him, I had on big baggy pants and I asked the cop, can I pull my pants up? Cop looked at me and looked at my friends and he told me, he says, no, you may not pull your pants up. And if you reach down there, 
then I'm gonna take it as a threat and you may not live to see the results of that. I was 16 years old when that happened. That was my experience with the police, 16 years old in upstate New York. Mm. Mm -hmm. Even then God had his hand on my life. So yep. at 19 mm -hmm. years old, that's when basically, uh, that's when I came to an, like an end of everything. I was suicidal. I would try to drink as much as I possibly could every time I was out there drinking. I was basically just going to drink myself to death. I wasn't going to be a person who was going to leave a note and try to play up to anything or even let people know that I was going to, I wanted to hurt myself. I was just going to drink myself mm -hmm. to death or I was just going to get the courage up to just go and kill myself. So I find myself one day just, I'm just wandering in a parking lot. All of a sudden everything hit me that I was, the way I was raised up and I just started kind of like, it was like a joke. Like I was, and I just looked up to the sky and it was a moment, but I was like, where are you to God? Where are you? I need you. Now I understand that to be a prayer. That, that was actually a prayer but i just looked up there and i said where are you i need you and this is me i'm at the end of my rope i have nothing going for myself here i am 19 years old i'm a high school dropout i got expelled i'm out here i ain't got no job i have no cash flow coming in i'm out here trying to do like i said the devil's work to make money shortly after that it was like just a divine intervention in my life the best way i can explain it is that there was a complete and total interference that happened in my life shortly after that to where I started to not even want to do every time I wanted to do something that I thought I wanted to do out there that was bad I started to feel like there's this interference and I started to feel like there's now another force that's starting to yeah pull it's like a pulling almost then I went and I this is uh, this is in rebellion now by the way this is not me sitting over here just like going hallelujah amen you know I agree with everything God's saying I started to gravitate back towards the way that I was taught to be when I was younger. The best, the basics, right? Treating people right, try not to cuss, <laughs> try not to fight and get angry and to quit drinking. But ultimately what, what all that was is that God pulling me back to himself and kind of letting me know that you've always been mine, but there had to come in a point in time to where you realized it and surrendered. And at 19 years old, that's what I did. I walked over, I picked up the Bible and I started reading it and it started, it was like alive. It, it was different. It was, it was really different. It was not like just reading words on a paper anymore. It was like, God is now talking to me when I'm reading this. And then I started going to church. I started going to church as much as I possibly could. I would walk upstate New York. It's brutal winters. The wind gets so cold that it stings your face at times. I would walk to church services about a mile, two miles if I had to, just to be able to be there, to be able to hear this word, to be around these people. And now the church people became my people for real. What I was once forced to do at a younger age, I now enjoyed doing at an older age. One night they asked me if I wanted to accept Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I said, yeah, but now I know that I, when I went up there on the altar, that was just doing a physical representation of what was already happening inwardly. And I made a public declaration of faith, but it was already happening inwardly. God was already doing the work. My walk ever since then has been hilltop and valley experiences. <laughs> sometimes you're on top of the mountain. Sometimes you're in the valley. There's an old movie called The Fighting Temptations when Beyonce is in it. And she says, I woke up on top of the world. Today, the world's on top of me. I really believe that God intervened in my life in a real way. He changed me and he started to train me up at a young age to where when I would get older, eventually I would be able to be a person that other people could look to. And I keep it real with people. I tell them, you know what? I'm not perfect at all. I still get angrier than I should. I just got really angry yesterday at the football game. I got I didn't get angry at football yesterday, but I got angry. I think it was probably Saturday. And I was like, oh my gosh, here I am getting pulled down again. So a few things that were really clicking with me is um, going back to, you were talking about generational curses. And then you were also talking about what came to mind is like how that obviously that gets passed down. And I heard this from someone until you experience a revelation, then you'll keep yeah. living recycled yeah, season, that makes right? Sense. And that also hit too because my experience is a little different than yours, but my dad had a period of time where he was, you know, alcoholic. His dad passed away from alcoholism. I low key, well, I was, I was dating an alcoholic. It wasn't until I realized I was in this relationship with someone who was an alcoholic 
where mm. I was just like, these are, it's just way too familiar, right? Yeah, until you experience revelation, which you did. Would you say 16 or 19? Yeah, I would say 19. 19? 19 years old. Yeah. Okay. And those generational curses, man, they, like I said, you can't blame your family because they've been there for generation after generation after generation. The best thing that you can do is go, this stops with me. Yeah. This curse of alcoholism, of poverty. Yeah. Of just rage. This stops with me. I'm going to get healed so I can start healing other people. That's where you have to turn to somebody who knows a whole lot more than you. And like, for me, that's Jesus. I'm like, hey, I don't know how to deal with this, Lord. I still say, say that to this day. I have no idea how to deal with this, God. Mm-hmm. My trauma response is fight. Instead of there's fight and flight, I'm ready to fight. You kind of got to just sit down and calm down yep. for a minute and, and wait, wait on him. Yeah. And then he'll give you, he'll give you the right answer at the right time. If you wait on him, you jump the gun, you're going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've done that so many times. Yeah. I think we've all been there so <laughs> yeah. many times where it's like, why did I rush? What was I thinking? No, I get what you're saying with that. It's like, okay, Jennifer, just wait for your for your answer. Wait for your confirmation. I actually, when you said that, when you're like, oh, we have to, you have that fight mentality. I have a different mentality. So it's kind of like, um, I was thinking about this the other day where sometimes like when life beats you down, it's like the devil beating you down and you forget to look up and you forget to stay focused and to have hope. But after a certain point, yeah. You just have to fight back. So I know you have a different mentality. Nothing wrong with that. I also have a different way of thinking. But it just goes to show you just have to stay focused on on God. You know what's crazy, too, is that the devil knows if you're going to be a threat. And he'll try to take you out early. Mm. Mm-hmm. I can remember back when I was five or six years old, I was alone by myself in the living room. And this is a little spurious for some people to understand. But the devil spoke to my mind and told me to tell God that I hated him. I'm five or six years old. What do I know about this? I mean, I'm just sitting there playing Super Mario Brothers on the Nintendo. And yeah, then when I got older, I realized, I said, oh, Mm -hmm. okay. The devil knew, just like God knows, the devil knows his enemies. So even though I was out there, like I said, doing doing things for him and doing doing his work, he knew that there would come a day where he's like, I gotta gotta take this guy out. I gotta stop him or he's gonna Mm -hmm. start talking about Jesus on people podcasts Mm -hmm. and stuff, man. No, but really though, because there really is, in this past year, I really opened my eyes to like spiritual warfare and how God knows like where you end up, right? But he, it's like he tells you in reverse and then you have Satan trying not to get you to where you need to be, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, until you get to that point of like revelation or just whatever it is, that life experience that kind of changes that way, that pull. It's it's a hard it's a hard time until you get there, but he does try to get you early, especially men. I don't know what it is, you but you seem a lot more um, spiritual than I am. I am not more spiritual. I can tell you right now, I am not more spiritual than you. I just feel like it's the devil always tries. To, it's like the devil tries to get men. It's like that is that's the keeper of the home. That's that's the provider. That's but it's also the protector spiritually you know, in the natural realm, mm-hmm. but also the spiritual realm, right? Because you can't, if you're the one who's like, I'm not going to open these doors up. You're the one telling, you're the one claiming, like, I'm not going, this is going to end with me. There's not going to be any more, you know, mm-hmm. spirits of addiction in here. It ends with me. So what are your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, I would, no, nah, I, I would say that like you're right. I would say that, you know what, because like you said, biblically, the man is the spiritual covering of his house. Just like on a quick side note, I, I have some friends, right? Mm. And they'll talk when we talk about marriage and we talk about being believers and followers of the Lord and, and marriage. And they say, "Well, my wife, my girl's not submitting to me. My wife is not submitting to mm. me." And I'm sitting over there, kind of like sometimes I'm like, "Well, are you giving her anything to submit to? Do you do you have any vision or direction that she's following?" Mm. Or are you just, in general, just saying, submit to me. Submit to me so I can watch TV and drink beer. So I'm like, well, what, what is she submitting to? That's my question for them when that comes up. But yeah, I think I would say that, yeah, it does seem like he does target men. But I've never been a woman. So I can't really fully speak to that. 
<laughs> well, I guess this goes back to what you were saying when you have those conversations with your friends, because it's like, I think women are more nur- like nurturing, obviously, right? And then women do, it's important to who you partner yourself with and to make sure, like you said, there's spiritual covering and it it's like you do kind of have to walk together to the same place with the same values or else you just end up doing this zigzag, different pulls from different ways and, di- and different times in your life and it just gets harder to walk together. I guess going back to like being a woman, it's like you you do lean on your on your partner to to provide that for you and also that they are getting rid of those generational or spiritual or familiar spirits Mm. right because then we're getting way too deep into this but it's like when you have your womb right you just can't let anyone with their own like whatever whatever bad juju (laughs) um you know and you open the doors to, to to things so that's all I have to say about being a woman, I could say. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Well, I mean, I, it's pretty simple for me. It's like my wife is a beautiful, intelligent powerhouse of a, of a go-getter, right? But you'll tell me straight up, I'm looking to you to make like the spiritual decisions for this family. And I'm over here just all like, but you like a manager of managers. Uh, you know, you a bad B, like pretty much that's the way that they, they would describe you. But I get that. I, I do get it. And I do understand why she means that because she's like, I'm looking for you to submit to God so I can see that God is leading you. So I know that when I follow you, I'm going to be getting led in the right direction because it's God that's leading you. That's the best way I can put it. Smart, smart, smart woman. Yep. Yeah, that's important. Dope. So I know we were talking about like hilltops and valleys and how would you describe like those experiences of walking through the trenches and how God was also walking with you during that time. I've always had mental health issues and a lot of those, they're very common, what people experience today, depression, anxiety. It was a beautiful experience, right, at times in growing up and and having that experience in the church when I was younger. But also, you kind of get exposed to this fire and brimstone or being trained up early as a Pentecostal, there is a lot of fire and brimstone that they give you to where you start to believe that if God is really this mad and upset all the time, why do I want to bother him? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, that no, yeah. I'm thinking like, he's really mm-hmm. this mad and upset all the time. Then why do I want to really bother him? And if I try to live for him and I don't do it right, he's just going to throw me away. Mm. He's not even going to want anything to do with me. So I lived like that for a long time. And I started, I even got caught up in legalism. Have you heard of legalism before? No. Legalism is when you try to, within your own human power and ability, to live up to and keep laws and commandments in a way that satisfies God so he's not mad at you, basically. You believe that you believe that you're not good enough for him to love you. So in order for God to truly love you, you have to make sure you keep all the laws and all the commandments. And you basically are doing an attempt to save yourself out of fear or desperation. Oh. And you, you develop a lot of religious patterns and formulas. And, oh, if I do this, then God will forgive me. If I do this, God will really love me. Instead of just accepting the simple truth that in Christ, to accept Christ is to accept all of God's love. And that's it. Mm-hmm. To a very inspirational verse for me is Jesus is telling his followers, his disciples, he tells them that he'll, I will never leave you or forsake you. And I think he says this a few times. In following Jesus, back in those biblical times and in modern times, a lot of peril can come. You can come across peril. Mm-hmm. You can come across a lot of problems. You can experience martyrdom socially. You can experience it. Some of our brothers and sisters experience it physically, other areas. But for Jesus to tell you, I'll never leave you or forsake you, that means even in your mental health struggles, even when you're sitting there thinking you're not good enough, even when you're isolated in COVID, even when you get COVID and you're terrified because mm-hmm. you don't really know all the side effects and what they mean. I am recovering from COVID, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and for anyone listening that's recovering from COVID, I feel, I feel for you. It's, you know, I think, I actually thank God I didn't have it when it first came out 
because it was so unknown and so uncertain and so anxiety ridden. And nowadays, now, obviously, since time has passed, it's more like there's still that, that there, that unknown, but at least there's some comfort to know that you can get through it. So, yeah, I'm glad you're recovering, too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, the worst part is this brain fog. Like I was, we were talking about a little earlier is that it's the ability just to you kind of just get confused and you lose track of what you're saying. And I've heard that that's a persistent side effect of it and fatigue as well. But yeah, thank God. It seems like it's subsiding. But yeah, Jesus telling <laughs> telling, telling us back in, in general, telling me that I'll never leave you or forsake you is something that helps carry me through a lot of those valley experiences. And unfortunately, it's been a lot. Yeah, I actually had to go back and and look at it when I when you referenced it because he does mention it multiple times. You know what's trippy? He says it multiple times in Deuteronomy, and I had a dream about Deuteronomy. Oh yeah, how'd that go? I mean, you could tell me because I mean, I okay, <laughs> I I feel like dreams are they can definitely mean a lot more to us than what we may think they do. Yeah. So my dream was. This was actually the very first dream I had, and it was in August last year. And I felt like it was the very first dream I had that was like a biblical meaning or like from God. Because I've never went to catechism, never went to Sunday school. So I didn't even know how to pronounce Deuteronomy until I woke up or until I heard it in my head. Because I didn't even know what it was. I was in this house. I assumed it was my house because I walked in as if I lived there. I was like dropping my keys and my purse as if I lived there. So something is happening. And then... My boyfriend, he's like, I was like, oh, like, do you, it's crazy outside. Like, I'm basically trying to think that it's normal. It's just crazy. It's chaotic. Making conversation on catching up. And he was like, we got to go. And I'm like, okay. We, we get out of our work clothes. We get into like, just like comfortable clothes. And we go to the ATM. We get cash. And then we go to Home Depot. We go to Home Depot and we're grabbing like the randomest stuff to board our windows. And then um, it jumps to us going to a different house, like a Victorian house. And I'm running up the stairs, basically trying to board up the windows with like steel or I don't know, like sheet metal. Okay, thank you. We were, I was basically covering the windows with sheet metal. So I don't know what, what exactly was going on. It didn't feel like a war. It felt like something was coming and we were preparing for it. And so we had to protect our house or home or wherever we were in. And actually someone comes up and is trying to, basically has a gun. I don't know if he's trying to to rob the house or what. And then boyfriend kills him, drags him up the stairs. I don't even cry. I just continue putting sheet metal on the windows. Like that's how urgent it is. <laughs> yeah, but there was no zombies. It was the weirdest thing. Because all it was in the dream was me, him, and that guy. But what the weirdest part was is in my whole dream, I could hear a voice saying Deuteronomy, 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 as if I had to remember it when I woke up. It was basically us hiding out and stuff like that. I woke up. He's like, it's in the Bible. He's like, it's in the Old Testament. It's really long. And I end up reading it. But it just goes to show I've never read it or had that in my mind, but I had a dream about it. Before before you said that, I'm more spiritual than you, and here's why I'm not right. <laughs> I believe I believe that we we all um, we all are recipients of grace, common grace of God, right? Mm. And some of us receive, mm-hmm. you know, we receive extra grace, but it's up to God to whom He gives that to, and gifts, and also spiritual gifts. But I also believe this as well, like. You could have heard that word somewhere in your life and you actually didn't even remember it. And when you had a dream, mm-hmm. you just, for some reason, your brain just started feeding you that word. But you actually heard it before. Cognitively, you were, you were aware of it, but you were it was somewhere suppressed deep in your subconscious. Okay. Somewhere. I think very logically, even though I have faith, if that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah. No, my boyfriend was too. He was like, what were you watching beforehand? And I was like, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) You were watching, you were watching Walking Dead or Manifest or something. Something, right. But it it, it really just was kind of, I've had dreams since then that are really trippy, but that definitely encouraged me to open the Bible. 
because I think I was reading here and there, but I obviously didn't know how to read or like where to start and things like that. But then that day I was like, okay, I got to read this. There's been plenty of times when I've read the Bible out of fear too, just fear of not knowing something, fear of not knowing where I'm like, well, Mm. well, wait a minute, God, do you really love me? Because Mm -hmm. if somebody just told me this thing about if I really loved you, I would be living like this. And then I come to realize that Jesus is for everybody at varying levels of maturity. Yes. Explain that a little bit more. I love how you said that. So basically, you got some people who are able to have victory over certain sins in their lives, and you got other people who are struggling with certain sins in their lives. I do believe in sin. I do believe there are things that we shouldn't be doing. I've actually, myself, I have, even as a believer, straight up have been involved in things that I should not have been involved in. God had to take me aside and let me experience some things and then ultimately to be restored because we damage ourselves when we when we do certain things. When we do things that hurt other people, mentally, physically, or spiritually, then mm-hmm. we're hurting ourselves. The varying levels of maturity is that there are some people that are able to keep, they they don't have problems with certain sins in their lives. Some people don't have a problem with lust. Some people don't Mm -hmm. have a problem with gambling or some people love their neighbors better. But Jesus is still for everybody at varying levels of maturity. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. That's where I'm at now. Before I used to feel like, okay, God only loves the elite, <laughs> people who, who do who do the best at following all the commandments and pray 85 times a day. But nah, he's not like that. Yeah, and I think I actually had to, like recently I had to, this clicked in my head where it's like, Jesus doesn't want us to be sinless. He just wants us to sin less. And that does come with obviously maturity, right? Where it's like, I don't want to do those things anymore. My soul does not tell me that or does not tempt me to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So I love how you said that. It's definitely different levels of maturity, but he's for everybody. Thank you. That was great. I really started to understand that God is a lot more loving and forgiving and caring than I had ever given him credit for when I started to really mess up worse than I ever messed up. And God was still there. Mm-hmm. Just like the story of the prodigal son with the father. When the son comes home, the father's just like, hey, come on home. Come back. Come back home. Like, yeah, I know you messed up. I know you did wrong. But I still love you. You're still my child. That didn't change. Come home. I just read that the other day. <laughs> I found the, the verse I was looking for, which is Hebrew, Hebrews 13.5. Was that, was that the one you were thinking of? Mm-hmm. Where he says, which one? Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said... Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. That's one of them. Okay. Yeah, that's that's one of them. I think there there may be another time where he was talking to his disciples when they might have been in some danger. There was like a, a fear of danger going to happen to them. But I mean, that also makes sense, right? The fear, the love of money. I am not good at that. It's hard. <laughs> Living is so expensive nowadays. It really is. Like in, It's like hyperinflation right now. I don't know about you guys, but the Safeway that I'm near has like no chicken. Oh, what? Wow. Yeah. I'm like, dang, I haven't had any chicken. And the, there's like no fish. And I'm like, what am I going to get? So, I'm in Selena, so we got a lot of lettuce. <laughs> no, there's a lot of produce, but there's just no protein. Oh, man. Yeah. So yeah, You guys got to gotta get some tacos from us. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. I was thinking about this. I'm going to go on a tangent because I was literally missing Salinas the other day because I was like, I just want good Mexican food. Like, I just want like good pozole. Back to this, this verse, I think it's, it's like really prevalent to these times right now where you kind of lose, it's easy to lose faith right now during a pandemic, you know, when things are hard, when employment is high, unemployment yeah. is high, when there's a lot of unknowns and uncertainties yeah. going on. And so I love how you chose this one. I feel like I also needed to to go back and remember the meaning of it. Yeah, I have. Um, when you say losing faith, I have had little faith. And at times it's felt like I've had no faith. I think the, the thing that I've experienced is that when you belong to God, he will come after you. Even when your faith is weak, even when your faith is low, even when you say, you know what, I won't do this no more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like i just want to walk i just want to go out there and i just want to wild out lord like i don't want <laughs> i mean this is this is too hard it, he comes after you in a way that 
that only he can and he always mm-hmm. gets you because you're his child anybody who has kids i do not have kids i've worked with kids of all ages for years as a uh, as a mentor in my community but who is going to let their child just walk away and, and, and not even pursue them mm-hmm. nobody's going to do that and god's a fiercely jealous lover of his children so he's not going to let anything take you away from mm-hmm. him. you know so never will i leave you never will i forsake you that's his his love language of letting you know like hey you you uh you belong to me mm-hmm. i don't think you could belong belong to a kinder to a kinder parent to a kinder father i love that and you also you talked about hope and you talked about faith and maybe you're not so spiritual or your faith isn't the best sometimes but god always remains faithful i've had like several experiences or seasons where i just feel like i'm like god did you just walk away from me like, am I just not your guy no more? Yeah, hey, I was your boy. You know what I mean? You was doing, you was showing off through me for a while. <laughs> Actually, right yeah. now is one of the is one of the upswings. I had always been feeling like since I'm in the entertainment industry, people automatically assume that I've walked away from or watered down my faith or my stance as a believer. But by God's grace, having the invitation to be on your great show here, it gives me the opportunity to shine a light on the person who's really blessed and given me everything that I have. I'm able to really take this opportunity and go, everybody, hey, everything I got in my life is by the grace of God, y'all. I mean, this, this is a gift from him. Being on this show is a gift from him. Because left to my own devices, I would have mm-hmm. just been a bum on the street that you walk by. Why would you say that? <laughs> Goodbye. I left on my own devices. I wasn't making good choices for myself. That's why some of, some of us left to our own devices. We really don't make the best decisions for ourselves. That's that's really everybody. The environment isn't the same for people who have been here mm-hmm. for generations. I'm not trying to pull any card or anything, but obviously, me and you are both brown. That's right. <laughs> right. Both minorities. You know. Yeah. We definitely yeah. have different trials and tribulations than other people. So I hear mm-hmm. what you say, but give yourself some more credit because, you know, <laughs> we we all have different cards. But I think what's great about you is knowing that and not thinking that anyone owes you anything. And you're like, God has me. I'm going to I'm going to get through it, whatever it is. I'm not going to change it. I'm not going to change how I feel or change how I view things. And you just boldly claim everything that God has done for you. So either way, you would have got here. It was just would have been like a little zigzag road, but you would have got here. Oh, well, yeah. I'm glad, I, I'm glad I got here the way I did. Let me put it like that. Yeah. yeah I think about that too sometimes. I could have got here faster, but it's okay. You know? <laughs> One thing that you said that I just want to put out there is I think we forget that we're living in a miracle. Like you're living in the things that you prayed for. And it's hard to like, I even have this this sometimes where it's like, yeah. I forget that I'm living what I prayed for. I'm over here thinking about the next thing when it's like, I need to enjoy this time because God will take care of the rest. Yeah. You know, he will never leave or forsake you. He, he will make sure, if he has to carry you, he will make sure you get to wherever you have to be. It's just trusting his timing mm-hmm. and trusting his his perfect will. So, if I can actually share with you, like, feel blessed to actually have had a real, a lot of miracles, right? But one that, that would, I definitely believe a lot of people can can resonate with as a true miracle that I've experienced in my life. It was about, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the, the time wrong here, but it was about, I want to say, maybe eight to nine years ago, my wife and I were living a pretty, pretty rough area because of the, the neighbors were involved in some things that they shouldn't be. Basically what happened is that in regards to when you live in that environment, you're just not exempt from anything that's going to happen in that environment. We just, we had the experiences. Unfortunately, there was some shootings that happened. I remember getting on my knees and I was just talking to God and I was like, I need your help again, you know, once again, I need your help because I don't want my, my wife to be in, in this environment. And if we're going to have a family, I don't want to raise a family in this environment. Like this, this is dangerous, dangerous, it's hazardous. I'm going outside to make sure that 
I bring my wife in because there's a mini riot going on at the end of the block. So I'm going out there to grab her to make sure she gets in the house safe. This happens a few times. It didn't just happen one time. I think I just got fed up and tired of that lifestyle, but I didn't know how to get out of it. So I just prayed and I asked God. It was like after I prayed and asked him that the next day I went to work, I got a phone call on my phone, just a random phone call. It said, this is, I had, a, I, I guess I had an open case from when I used to work at this one job as a bellman when I hurt my back. I didn't even remember it. So I just got in there and they're just like, yeah, is this Ashish Williams? I said, yeah, this is him. I'm at work right now, but you can leave me a message and we can talk later or something. They're like, uh, yeah, we just want to know if you wanted to settle out of court for a good amount of money. And I'm like, what? Who is this? And they're like, isn't this the claim in regards to? And I was like, yeah, but that was so long ago. They're like, yeah, we just wanted to know if you wanted to settle out of court for this amount of money. Um, what we can do is we'll have somebody call you. You can come down and send it and we'll just give you the check right now. I said, what? I was like, this is not real. I called my wife immediately after I got to work. We went down there. Those people handed us a check. You know, we signed the papers and stuff. And ever since that day, I have not lived in that type of environment anymore. I have not lived in that type of situation. And I have not had to deal with the po poverty restraints that we had to deal with ever since that day, by God's grace. And to me, that's a miracle. That is a miracle. Glory be to God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. The next day you got a phone yeah, call. I had completely and totally forgot about that case. I had completely and totally forgot about it. it like a workman's comp thing or something. And we ended up just checking out a lawyer. But yeah, ultimately they were, they worked on it behind the scenes. And, but that's the way that, mm -hmm. like, that's the way God does stuff in life. I just keep, I realize that. Yep. Like, and a lot of times it's like, he wants you to not have anything to do with it. He wants you to be somewhere resting, mm -hmm. somewhere trusting, somewhere believing, somewhere not with your hands on it. Mm -hmm. And he's doing the work and you just got to kind of show your faith by just chilling. That's been my experience because I like to put my hands mm -hmm. on things. I'm a creator. But God, sometimes he sometimes he wants to show you like, let me let me be God for a minute. Mm -hmm. And you just be you. Can I do that? Can I be God? for? Like, that's what he's saying. No, let me be God for a minute. <laughs> so, yeah, that's yeah. been my experience. I want to cry. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's just like another like you're like another te like walking testimony of miracles and what God has done and continues to do and the love that He has. I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope to have you back. This was amazing. Whether we talk about God or anything else, because it's such a captivating storyteller, but also so much wisdom to share. So many things. Yeah, I enjoy, the, I enjoy the show in general. Like, I like listening to other people's perspective on things, people's experiences with God, where they come from. I listen to the stories and I'm kind of just like, you have no idea how much potential you have in general. Like, you know, just to all of the people that you interview, mm. like there's potential in every single person that you interview. I know you're going to have some of them back as well and we're going to get updates on those stories but i really appreciate having a podcast where people can speak openly and it's a safe space yeah it really is i was actually i actually cried not too long ago because like earlier today because i realized how touched i feel to give people a platform to speak freely and not have those good intentions to help others thank you i appreciate that i think i've uh, everything's kind of coming full circle and i've realized that when I was at my darkest time. Mm -hmm. I thought I was alone. So really love how you brought that up because I did. I thought I was alone during this whole like podcast journey in the first year. I was also trying to like grow my faith, trust God more. And then I did this add on faith series. And I just feel like inspired that you were so bold in saying everything that you said. And everyone has kind of taught me something differently throughout throughout these episodes really like opening my mind and my heart to diff what everyone is kind of going through. I think like when I first started or when, when we first started out in general, like about anything we're passionate about, we want to like talk about it a lot, right? Verbally express and talk about it. Mm. But then we kind of start to realize that like when you really truly love something, you actually be about. It. And that's pretty much like the opportunity mm. to come on mm. here and just talk to people about what I've experienced because I haven't talked in a while. I used to be the guy always posting Bible verses and posting. Then I realized that I just need to live this and it'll attract what it attacks. Posting Bible verses is cool, but like some days I ain't even following them mm -hmm. Bible verses. So, uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs>
I really enjoyed everything today. I know there's going to be more and really appreciate you coming on and sharing everything. Is there anything or something you want to leave the audience with today? I would say like, no matter who you are or where you find yourself at in life, God loves you. God is not looking down on you. As a matter of fact, he's right there to pick you up. If you are down, I'm not any super spiritual person or I am a person I'm a product of God's grace. Everything that you may see in my life is a product of God's grace and me just surrendering to his will and to his guiding. And if anybody that wants to have a relationship with God, it's freely available for them through his son, Jesus, like we were talking about earlier. If anybody can confess with their mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believes in their heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. You will have that relationship. amen 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 thank you so much for everything today for sharing so much and if anything you really touched me from everything about being open about your creativity you know about your divine blessing about going after your dreams how god has continuously come through for you despite all of these things that have happened in your childhood It was really a blessing to hear everything. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, for anybody that does end up looking at any of my content, I I am not a Christian filmmaker. (laughs) I am a filmmaker who is a Christian. So I have content out there that just tells stories. Everything from vampire. Tell us your latest. Oh, the latest vampire drama short story. It's called Immortally Yours. And it's available on my Instagram link. It's because I've always thought that vampires were pretty dope. It was a short film that I had an idea for, for a vampire film festival. I ended up actually casting my wife, who hates acting, but she was gracious enough to do it. And then we put it together, and it seems to be doing pretty well. We seem to be getting a good amount of views and interactions on it. The series that I'm known that I, that I created with my best friend and, and brother in the Lord, actually, Terrell Thompson, that man is a genius in his own right. Um, It's called Algorithm, and that is a multi-nominated, award-winning sci-fi web series. We actually placed top three for the best TV and internet pilots in the Los Angeles Short Film Festival. Yeah, that's also a title that you can look up on IMDb. It's called Algorithm. This is pretty much, you know, different parts of me. Yeah, I will make sure to link everything in the podcast description. I just hope you have so much more success and that you just have all the creativity and that God continues to bless you you. and that you continue to proclaim everything unapologetically. Oh yeah, thank you. I think it's cool, right? Because you look at my films and you're like, oh man, I know what this kind of of guy this is. You can't judge a book by its cover. You really can't. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you can't. I had no, for anyone listening, I had no clue about any of this. It was amazing. So thank you. I want to see you.